Right. It's not like you've got a case of the vapors. Right. Something's wrong with you because you're a woman. Right. <laughs> Hysteria. <laughs> Welcome to Less Than or Equal, the podcast about pursuing equality and geekdom by celebrating the diverse and their accomplishments. I'm your host, Aline Sims, and today I'm joined by Sabriel Mastin. Sabriel! Hi. Welcome! Thank you. Thank you for having me here. I'm so excited to talk to you finally. Um, Brie, tell everybody who you are. Um, well, goodness. All right. <laughs> My name is Sabriel, or most people call me Brie. Much easier to say. Yes, I do. <laughs> And um, I'm a freelance writer way up here in Fargo, North Dakota, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just kind of do my thing up here. I enjoy writing about the video game industry. I love going outdoors and like running or uh, various sporting things. And uh, let's see, what else do I? Um, I got into customizing my car this summer, which is really cool. I got a new car. I was all proud of it. So I just do a bunch of little things up here. I'm just doing my thing up here in North Dakota. Are you still doing Let's Plays, too? Um, or have uh, those kind of faded? Those have faded as I try to figure out what I want to do. Um, I like doing them, but they are so time intensive. Mm. So much. The worst part about being an adult is figuring out what you want to do if you grow up. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so actually, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about was customizing your car. Yes. Um, because you've done some really, really cool and some really weird things, <laughs> like it, weird in the best possible way with your car. So will you tell people what kind of car you have and what you do with it? Okay. So first, um, the backstory, all my life I've had hand-me-downs actually from my grandparents. It's always been a Buick. It's always been a car that's like 10 years or older. And, um, you know, it's fine and all. I'm like, hey, great. Thanks, Grandpa, for the cars. And, um... After a while, I'm like, gosh, I really, really, really want a car that's less than 10 years old when I get it. And um, after years and years, I'm 33 now, I finally paid off all my student debt, finally paid off my credit cards. And what do I do? I go out there and get a car loan for a brand new car. <laughs> Actually, well, 2010, 2010 car. I'm like, this is my present to me after going, adulting this far in life. <laughs> I have adulted so much, I'm going to get another loan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now... I have a 2010 Kia Soul, and I love this thing. Uh, I don't know if it's just because I've had ancient cars all my life or what, but did you know they put CD like CD players in cars now? I was oh my surprised. gosh. I know. <laughs> so I have this 2010 Kia Soul, and it's the cutest little thing, and it has like speakers that light up when you bump into the music, and it's got um, satellite radio. I'm like, oh, great. Well... My girlfriend, she um, does car customizations where um, what she does is people think it's paint, but it's actually something called Plastidip, basically rubber you coat on your car. And um, it doesn't hurt the car in any way, and it can be as temporary, as permanent as you want because you can just peel it off whenever you feel like it. And well, since this stuff comes in all colors of the rainbow, she will do custom colors. Uh, or excuse me, custom designs on her box. We call it, uh, oh, she drives a Scion XB. It's the boxiest thing you've ever seen on wheels. <laughs> and um, so she'll do cool color designs. And um, let's see, we did uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. car one year. So she turned this white car into a black car with um, S.H.I.E.L.D. logos all over it. And then for this last summer, she did Jurassic Box. And... Um, did a Jurassic theme where we had yellow on one top, green on the bottom, just like the classic Jeeps you found in the original movie. And um, well, then I'm like, well, I got my brand new car. I'm like, oh, also a boxy my... car. Yes, the Kia <laughs> Like, oh, <laughs> here I was like, I'm gonna have a box too, and I'm gonna be unique because no one else has these. And I get it, and I realize every single other person who's on the road has a Kia Soul. <laughs> so I'm like, no, I'm gonna customize this so it's me. It's very much a brief thing. So with my girlfriend who does her car customization there, the coloring, and like my thing, like I want to do something. So um, we got bought a bunch, um, bought a bunch of black plastic dip, and spent a weekend turning that thing that was alien green into a black car. And I'm like, well, I also like pink. I don't want to go overboard. 
So I took all the little um, areas that had been darker colors on the original car, and I um, accented it with bright neon pink. So now I've got the cutest little car running around Fargo, and it's all me. It's very Brie. So why why didn't you do like an Agents of Shield or Jurassic Jeep or or something like that? Why did you go with <laughs> black and pink instead of uh, like I don't know uh, the mystery van from Scooby Doo oh. or something? <laughs> I have other ideas, too, that I might do eventually. <laughs> I wanted to go simple this first one, and winter was coming soon, so I didn't have much time because you can only use this material when it's not ridiculously hot mm. and not too cold. And it was already getting into October, and the nights are getting much colder, and if you do it when it's there, it doesn't set well, whatever. So I had to do a really, t- really simple design and one kind of on the fly. So I'm like, all right, we're going to get our $300 worth of black, just paint the heck out of it. And do that. But um, some of my other designs that I have, like, hmm, this soul, it, I, I really like Star Trek. And uh, it looks kind of like a Type 6 shuttlecraft. It does. Enterprise D. Yeah. So maybe next summer I might peel off the black and make it a cream color and put the Enterprise D decals on there. <laughs> we'll see how I'm feeling. It really does. I pulled up pictures of the shuttlecraft and I'm like, oh, so (laughs) now I want to do this to my Prius. I just I don't know. Um, So. So I didn't know it was your girlfriend. Your girlfriend is the one who actually painted it. Uh, I did it with her. But yeah, she has um, all the equipment to do it. It's just basically spray paint materials that you do for the side of a house. But you use a southern material, which is comes in cans like paint comes in rattle cans like paint it just hardens into more of like a rubber i did not know i didn't i i don't know i saw the pictures of you doing it and i guess i didn't put put it together that you were i thought you'd paid someone to do it for you not so. nope, we did that. look at you <laughs> i was so proud of myself <laughs> so what what how much time does that take okay um give yourself a weekend maybe four days like, um, you have to do like five or six coats of the uh, black okay. there to make sure it's, it goes well. And then you have to let it set overnight. And then next day you look at it, excuse me, next day you look at it, make sure everything went well. And then maybe touch up some spots and then we went down to the pink. The actual painting itself is not a problem. It's the masking off all the windows with mm. painter's tape and paper and plastic. So you don't get all that stuff on the window. It's not the worst thing in the world if you get it on the windows. You can literally just peel it peel off. It like off. it's kind of like the cellophane on your electronics. And I was thinking of did you in in school were you one of those the kids who got like the the so we're about, we're the same age so uh-huh. it was glue and it was blue uh-huh. blue glue in a clear bottle and it had like an orange roller cap and you could roll it on the back of your hand and let it dry and then yes. peel it off and peel it off yep. <laughs> The same with Elmer's glue too. Yeah, yep, that little bit of plastic on the orange tip, and you're like, "Ooh, pick that up, pick that yep, up." Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay, so I could just see myself painting my car and then peeling the thing off and painting oh, my car. It's it's peeling. so like it's not, not, not cathartic. Cathartic. There, thank you. Not lethargic. It's cathartic. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Interesting. I mean, it never until. You showed me pictures. I think it was the Jurassic Jeep uh-huh. um, <laughs> was the first time. Uh, it, at least it's the first time I remember you talking about it. And I was like, that's really cool. <laughs> it never would have occurred to me to do that. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. Most people, it's not on their radar because you don't think that. I'm like, who customizes the car color? You do maybe the rims or you do something on the inside, but to change the color? No one thinks to do that. Or you take it to somebody like, I don't know, is Mako still a thing? Like, Oh, those guys. Yeah. 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 But no. Um, so it's it's a cool little thing. And um, there are great resources online. Um, if you're not afraid of Reddit, um, plastidip.reddit.com huge resource my girlfriend actually helps run that site and oh, okay. tons of resources on how to do it how to get started if you're a newbie and whatnot like most people they just start with maybe doing the rims or maybe their bumpers something small just to practice hmm. i have i'm scheming because <laughs> we have we have a gray we have like a charcoal gray prius mm-hmm. i think we could add some pink to that and i think it'd oh, be pretty cool you should you can just get a little rattle, rattle can and play around with it yeah even yeah 
if something goes wrong, you just peel it off when it dries. No damage to the car at all. What else can you plastic it besides cars? Like I'm looking around my office. <laughs> the product is actually made for um, tools. So you get a better grip. Oh, okay. So you dip the handles of tools down like a hammer and put that in there. But anything where, like almost, literally anything you could dip as long as it sticks to it. Just like oh, paint. Okay. Um, mm. I think some people have done like keyboards or mice. I could do like the boom arm for my mic. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're doing a present, a crowbar. No. <laughs> uh, so my friends started dating and it's hard to get them apart. Oh, <laughs> we're gonna get a pink crowbar. Like here, here's what we can do if we want your attention. Mm. <laughs> pry, pry the two of you apart. Uh-huh. So, okay, cool. Like endless possibilities, Brie. Yeah, endless. Oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> um. So the other thing, because we we talked about two things that we might talk about today. So we talk about Plastidip, which I think is super cool and has such amazing, like, geeky car cosplay implications. That's a great way to put it. Car cosplay. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You just, it's an easy way to let your geek flag fly, right? Like. (laughs) Um, but another thing that we haven't talked a lot about on Less Than or Equal um, that you were when I brought it up to you, you were like, yeah, I'll talk about that is um, polyamory. Yes, because you are polyamorous um, and I have had other guests on who are polyamorous, but that hasn't been a subject that we've we've really broached. So um, I was hoping that you'd be willing to one, talk about what polyamory is and maybe even what it isn't. And um, I know that there have been a couple of things that have happened uh, to you lately or or Uh things that people have said to you lately. Uh, I thought maybe we could talk about a couple of um, don't do's and expectations that people have absolutely so let's start with what is polyamory well here i want to hear what you think it is first i think that it is um polyamorous people are people who um love more than one person at once and can be in relationships romantically love i guess Mm -hmm. um and I don't know. Do we have a better word for it than romantic love? Um, really? English? It's one of the English failings. is bad, right? Yeah. So we'll call it romantic love. Yeah, um, but there's some implications with that that I don't think are necessarily the case. But anyway, polyamorous people are um, are open to being involved in more than one relationship at once or dating more than one person at once um, with the full knowledge and... Um, I don't know, consent, is is that the right word for it? Yeah, um, consent, not necessarily participation, so I guess consent of their partners. It's, well, it's pr- open, it's not like sneaking around, it's something that all involved parties are aware of. I don't know why you have me on the show, you know pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the reason I ask is because it can mean a number of different things to different people. Um, like my definition of what it may be may not be quite what someone else feels or whatever, so I want to get that out there, kind of stress that point where there could be a little bit of a wishy-washy, but for the most part, you uh, did that very well. Uh, so you covered that pretty good. Okay. Um, <laughs> so um, where to start? Where to start? Okay. One of the confusions people will get when they've never heard the word is confusing polyamory with polygamy. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. You can kind of see why the words kind of sound a little similar. <laughs> And there's, you know, multiple relationships, whoever, where polygamy is typically one man having number of wives. Um, polyamory is kind of nothing really like that. Um, like you said, you have the option or ability to have multiple relationships, romantic relationships with people. Um, like for me, okay, I'll give you an example here. I have a wife. I'm married to a lovely woman and I'm also having a girlfriend. I've also dated one other person here kind of recently, whatever. Yeah, whatever. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. I don't actively seek relationships. They just kind of happen passively. And that's cool for me. Well, my wife, she, uh, we, we joke her hobby is relationships. <laughs> and um, she's got me. She's got a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a couple cuddle buddies, cuddle buddies. <laughs> I'm sure I stress that enough. And I think a couple other boyfriends there, like kind of like it's, 
We call it a constellation. We have so many different lines and charts of who's connected to who here. So that's her thing. And it totally works for us. And that's that's the important thing, right? Is that yeah. everybody knows, everybody's comfortable, and it works. Um, just like with any other type of relationship, you've got to communicate and, and stay in touch with each other. Um, but yeah, like... Yeah. Um, communication is one of the biggest things about, well, being in any relationship, but uh, it's a really big important thing in being in a poly relationship. Um, you will maybe come up with situations you didn't plan on, like maybe, okay. Um, one of the big things for couples is actually sexual relations with other people. Um, that can be very scary for someone who's new to poly or is very stuck in a mono, um, I see, I use the word so much mono, mono monogamous, monogamous. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if someone were to have sexual relationship with someone else, when you're in a mono relationship, you know, that's cheating. That's horrible. It's the worst thing in the world. But when you're kind of switching over to a poly relationship, that can be kind of a little weird for some people still like, but you're seeing me, but you're having sex with them too. What? And you can hit what we call it. We call um, a poly landmine, something you weren't quite sure was going to bug you until it happens. And you need to be able to talk that out, try to work with, okay, I'm sorry, I hurt you. What can we do? Is it a me thing? Is it a you thing? Work it out. And hopefully you can come to some kind of resolution. Sometimes, you know, you might realize, hey, this isn't for me. Nope, nope. Or sometimes like, you know, I'm cool with it. I just want to talk about it. This is a new thing for me. Whatever. So uh, may I ask, were you polyamorous when you got married or was that something that you agreed upon after you got married? Uh, that came after marriage. Um, years ago, um, I started having romantic feelings for someone else in a game we were playing um, while I was already married to my wife. And... Um, Nothing physical happened because we were hundreds or thousands of miles away. I don't recall right now, but it was just over the game. But it was definitely a emotional kind of relationship. And mm -hmm. my wife found out. And, of course, that's a devastating thing because, like, you're cheating on me kind of thing. Yeah, it was horrible. And we went to therapy and we're talking, like, but I still love you. Like nothing ever changed there. So why did I do this as well? Like, nothing changed for you. Nothing. You weren't doing anything wrong. I was not feeling dissatisfied with anything for you, or from anything with you. It was just another thing. And many months of talking, whatever. And we actually had a friend who was poly, but didn't really talk about it much. And he was very close to us, and he kind of talked to us about this and helped us get through our stuff. And whatever, we realized, you know, this doesn't feel that wrong. This doesn't feel wrong at all anymore. Like she admitted she had feelings for someone else before. Didn't go to the extent that I had. But like, you know, this isn't so bad. Maybe this is a thing we can try. And it took years of, you know, maybe seeing someone here. Maybe just talking about a crush there. But, you know, I can't remember how many years ago that was now. Five, six years ago. And now here, look, I was just telling you, she's got how many boyfriends and girlfriends? She's, she has one. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting here with a girlfriend and just got out of a relationship with another one. And like, you know, we are happy as can be. And we love our relationship as it is. Um, like, this is wonderful for us. Like, someone recently asked me, like, is this something you could see yourself doing in 20 years or so? I'm like, yeah, this is just a part of us now. It's not a option like anything mono kind of feel the idea of being mono again and monogamous is like i don't think i could do that at least at least not like the option to having an open relationship is just like normal to me mm -hmm. so actually as you're talking i'm wondering how many how many relationships wouldn't end or would end more amicably if polyamory were more acceptable in our culture right now? Oh, absolutely. Um, heck, even, like, you know, sometimes even a poly relationship, it doesn't work out with someone. Um, it could be just maybe it's just us being lucky, but we've never had anything where it's like, you did this thing, goodbye forever. Right. <laughs> it's been more of a, this isn't working out. What can we do? 
we're out. Me and we're just friends now. And that's what it is. And I think that, like I said, it could be just us. Maybe we've been lucky, but it just feels like a more natural end instead of the rage, hate, everything that kind of goes stereotypically with breakups. Mm-hmm. So you've worked to figure out what works for you um, and what works for you in the context of your relationship with your wife and your girlfriends and, you know, other partners you might have. Um, what are some misconceptions that people have or expectations that people have um, that surprise you? Um, that, oh gosh, the big one. <laughs> Everyone thinks our parties are huge sex parties. Oh. <laughs> um. One of, one of, okay, so someone who is, my wife is dating, but I'm not, we call them a metamor. It's kind of a play on paramour. Okay. Um, so it's a metamor. Well, um, one of my metamors um, had an ex-wife and he has a son and she, he told her about him being Polly and um, he, at some point, you know, he got close enough where he wanted me to meet her. And I'm like, okay, sure, we'll go out to breakfast. And um, at some point, she made this comment about thinking our things are big sex parties. And my reaction, because I identify as like 99% lesbian, she's like, um, yeah, you and your sex parties. And I just snorted and went, oh, <laughs> no, no way, no, no. And she had this huge sigh of relief. Oh, no. Thinking, like, oh, thank God, my son is not um, being... Exposed, um, to exposed to depravity. <laughs> yes. Like, no, no, no. Like, um, as we're recording this, we're having our annual poly party. It's kind of a mixture of various holidays around this time of year. And, yeah, we're going to have a good 12 people here. Some are dating, some are not. All in one big cluster. And it's just a big gathering of family. They're my chosen family. It's nothing sexual or, I mean, there may be flirting with people. But it's normal when you're with someone you love. But it's just... A party, like any other party. Not a huge orgy. <laughs> it, it, that, that one always surprises me when I hear that. I'm like, oh, God, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> what What else? I, well, here's um, something I know you recently experienced since, you know, we're friends and we talk in contexts other than podcasts, um, is that you recently had someone like pretty upset with you because... Um, you didn't like announce that you were polyamorous. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, hi, Aline. I'm Sabriel. I'm polyamorous. Like, that's not the kind of, kind of conversation you have when you're meeting someone for the first right. time. <laughs> like, I don't have this forum where I make sure, you know, like my sexual preferences, um, foods I like, you know, whatever. And so, um, there was this guy I used to skate with and he didn't know I was Polly, apparently. He came over to my house, and we played board games, and he knew my girlfriend because he'd seen her, and um, that's when he didn't say anything. But he saw maybe pictures at my house with me with this other woman as well. And um, it wasn't until days later, mind you, this is like a year ago or so, his girlfriend at the time told him, like, yeah, Bree's Polly, because he was very confused. He's like, oh, okay. Well, the other night, I was talking to him, and he was... Uh, he had had a few drinks, and he revealed to me that he was very upset that I didn't tell him that I was Polly. Like, I, when would this have come up? I didn't, there was no situation where I was going to date you, so why wouldn't, why would I tell you? And um, I was flabbergasted still to this day. Like, why would you be upset that I didn't tell you? There was no, nothing was going to happen between us. It wasn't, it didn't involve you at all. Like, it was just a thing, and you were here in my house, and so that always boggles me, that kind of reaction. Like, people are offended that I don't tell them that I'm Polly when I'm not romantically interested in them. So I think I figured out the solution to all of the world's problems. <laughs> Please go on. So, yeah. Well, maybe not all of them. But, <laughs> but like, this announcing, like, like who you are and what your preferences are and, and your, your, your favorite foods and, I don't know, like, your, your food allergies. You know how um, – and I, I don't actually know how – widespread this was but i know that like in the victorian era i think i might have the historical period wrong but somewhere like 
in that time period, some of the upper class fancy people, um, my family obviously didn't belong to, you can tell by the way I talk, (laughs) but, but they would do like the art of flower arranging and the way that flowers were presented conveyed a message, like the way the type of flower and how it was arranged and like appeared on, you know, like on a person's body or in, in a bouquet, um, or something like that was like, like indicative of, of things, you know, depending. So mm-hmm. I think we should all just carry bouquets around with us all the time that puts out all of this important information about us. Right, right. Like if you're, um, if you're gay, you get a rainbow like rose or. If Wait, you... but, but I'm not gay and I want a rainbow rose. Oh, well, oh, like, goodness. well, what kind of message are you how... trying to convey here, Aline? <laughs> like, I, need to I like colors. <laughs> I like if you're bi or trans, you have various colors for that. Or like, oh, this is this is gonna be. Oh. I think we're <laughs> onto something here. I think this is an excellent idea. The possibilities are well, maybe they are endless. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it just fascinates me that, um, you know, it's like uh, I, you contain multitudes. Like we're all, we're all amalgamations of a bunch of different things, and. I don't know. It seems bizarre to me that people would be upset that I don't know. That yeah, like, just like, don't... Um, that I didn't divulge this information that wasn't relevant to our relationship. Right. Like, he was just an acquaintance that I've skidded with. Like, what point do you need to know I'm Polly? Um, that's actually a thing. Um, some people. OK, I live in fairly liberal part of a very conservative state, Fargo, North Dakota. And um, there's sometimes that question of. Do I want people to see us together like mm-hmm. this or not? And um, here I feel generally pretty safe, honestly. Uh, but um, it can be weird for people to see this. So like, okay, I have a bunch of family. Actually, I've told everybody except almost everybody in my family knows except for my parents. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was going to try to tell them the other day, and then they invited more family over for dinner. Like, ugh. okay. Anyway. Spoiled. So, I know, right? So, um, but there's this thing of... Um, a lot of people want the whole world to know they're polyamorous and they want to show it to the world. I'm like, yes, everyone's going to know I have multiple boyfriends or multiple girlfriends. And us, our philosophy um, is more like show, don't tell. We just do our own thing. Um, like my metamorph will hold two women and one woman in each arm because they want to be there and just do our thing. He'll kiss both. Oh, excuse me. Uh, my wife, <laughs> at our pride parade, she would just hang out with each of our little um relationship group she would kiss her kiss her cheek or whatever hug them for a bit and go to another group a little bit later on just kind of show don't tell we don't go out and advertise hey hey everyone look at us we just show by example and we're happy we're just doing our thing not hurt anyone and so the idea that this guy apparently wanted me to announce the world for him just boggles my mind yeah i don't <laughs> eh, whatever i don't talk to him that much so <laughs> It doesn't break my heart that he was upset. So are there any other common misconceptions that, that you're met with or, or common I don't, complaints that you're met with that you'd like to talk about? Um, well, let's see. Other misconceptions that all poly relationships are sexual. Um, like I'm close to someone. We're most, mostly just cuddle buddies. And that's about it. Maybe a little bit of kissing, but nothing serious. And that's it. Just an emotional cuddling relationship. Um, yeah, it doesn't always have to be sex. And, um, that's another misconception. I don't know why people Mm. think it's just all about the sex. Well, I think that, um, that's kind of what we're taught. Like that's, that's the goal of relationships, right? Right, You know, if you watch movies or whatever, it's, um, you know, the, the, I don't know the one person chasing another person until they go on a date and have sex. And then, you know, then they're in a relationship and then it burns down in flames until it all like the cycle <laughs> repeats itself. Right. Like yep, yep. that's kind of what we're taught is, is the ideal is that, uh-huh. um, yeah, monogamy, but also like the goal of every relationship is sex. Yes. Um, yes. which I think is also where the, the, um, like, men and women can't be friends comes from because like every relationship has to culminate in sex at some point you know yep Uh, um something i missed when talking about what poly is um or can be 
is that we realized that it's kind of impossible or nearly so to expect one person to be able to fulfill all of your needs. Like uh, my wife, she loves classical music. I could take it or leave it. But so she has relationships where she has people who love it and she goes on dates with them to events like that. Um, me, I'm a huge Trekkie or huge video game player. She plays video games, but not so much. So my girlfriend and I, we have co-op partner events where we just play co-op games together. Like, yeah, we just fill in different roles with different people and we all love each other. And we're like, cool, I know I can't be that person for you, but you have someone here who's awesome and they can be. All the better. Anything else? Um, oh, well, one of the great things about being poly is you have this huge support network. Right. <laughs> like if I'm having a bad day, but my wife is out of, unavailable my girlfriend's at work hey i just go hang out with one of the other people like hey cool it's kind of like good friends too i mean Mm -hmm. friends can fill that role but i've got you or i've always got someone to pick me up at the airport (laughs) that's That's nice (laughs) that's a definite perk (laughs) or you know the one one friend i have who lives close enough to check on the cats right right oh yeah we always have someone for the cats now too (laughs) um Polly does have its problems, too, just like any relationship. Um, one of the biggest problems, really, is time management. Uh, like, someone might be feeling like, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. I want to do something with you, but you're always busy. Uh, Google Calendar is a huge, huge, huge boon to the Polly group. <laughs> like, I have two or three different people's calendars on my Google Calendar, so we can coordinate and sync, like, who's going to do what, who's doing what when. So that can be kind of hard. Um, Other times, like I mentioned before, the poly landmines. Sometimes you may do something with someone um, and not realize that it's going to bug you or that it's going to bug them, but you just talk it out. Like one time I did co-op Portal 2 with my girlfriend. I didn't realize my wife really wanted to do that with me. So I know that was a little bit of a bummer because like, well, it's only two player, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So like little things like that for us. Thankfully for us, it's been nothing majorly dramatic. It's just been little things like, hey, that was a bummer. I'm sorry. Okay. We want to go do something else. Yeah, cool. All right. Yeah. And I think that's that's any relationship, right? Like um, sometimes sometimes just on a watch a video, like a two minute video that I've seen 75 million <laughs> people tweet. And I'm like, uh-huh. well, I guess I better watch this. But oh, it sounds like something Justin would like too. So I'll wait until we're together. And I'll be like, oh, I wanted to watch this video with you. And he'll say, I've already watched that. And I'm like, but <laughs> I wanted to share this two-minute video with you. I wanted this magical moment right. you on the internet. <laughs> right. But I mean, you know, and that those kinds of things happen, I think, in any relationship. True, true. We'll get back to Sabriel in just a second. But I wanted to let you know about our first ever sponsor, This episode of Less Than or Equal is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code equal at checkout to get 10% off. When it comes to giving yourself a place online, there's nowhere better than Squarespace. They put all the power you need in your hands and take away the pain points, like worrying about hosting, scaling, or what you need to do if you get stuck with something. With Squarespace, you can build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level, with no coding required. They have intuitive and easy-to-use tools, so you can make your website look and feel exactly how you want. Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology to power your site and to ensure security and stability. They're trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world. In fact, Less Than or Equal was a Squarespace site until we moved to Relay. Squarespace has tons of awesome features like 24-7 support with live chat and email. They have teams located in New York, Dublin, and Portland who are there to help you. If you sign up for a year, you'll also get a free domain name, allowing you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called. And Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. So begin your trial, no credit card is required, and start building your website today by going to squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code EQUAL to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for this show. We thank Squarespace for their support of Less Than or Equal and all of Relay FM. So I also, I also want to talk to you about Star Trek because... Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> 
because I feel like I should talk about Star Trek whenever I can. Uh And especially because Star Wars is kind of in the front of everybody's minds right now. I noticed that too. It's weird. I don't know why. I I don't either. It came out of nowhere. Like a fantastic movie dropped or something. (laughs) I don't know. Um, And I really, really love the new Star Wars movie. Um, But I was talking to some friends about it and um, who are are a little bit older than, than you and I are. And, you know, they were like, of course, it was just taken for granted when I was growing up that I was a Star Wars fan because everybody loved Star Wars, um, you know, and mm-hmm. my friends are telling, you know, their memories of seeing like Return of the Jedi in the theater and um, and remembering the that experience. But I was seven months old when Return of the Jedi came oh, out, yes, yes. Uh-huh. so I don't remember that. Um, but what I do have is Star Trek. And that's, I think that's like my, my Star Wars because the next generation came out when, um, what in the late eighties, uh, 87. 87. Um, so that's something like my first memory. Some of my first memories are like falling asleep, watching Captain Picard, Data and Jordi LaForge on the screen. Um, but I didn't have a lot of people growing up who were into that. Uh I know that feeling. So is that is that how you like d- dived into the Star Trek universe too? I can tell you the first episode. I can't remember the name of it, but I can remember the first scene I ever saw of Star Trek. It was a scene where um, Worf was on the holodeck fighting uh, tougher and tougher opponents. Okay, and I remember him picking this alien race to fight, and it had yellow yellow makeup on. It was yellow alien, mm-hmm. and it was so scary looking to me <laughs> when I was little. And I didn't. I, I actually ran away, and um, that was my first memory of Star Trek. <laughs> I was being freaked out by something I saw on the scary. Yeah, uh, I don't remember what brought me back, but my parents always watched it, so I'm guessing I just like, okay, cool, this is a thing, and just kept watching it. And um, yeah, I loved it. Like every every time the Star Trek or the Next Generation theme song would come on, it was like the best feeling. Every night, Monday nights at nine o'clock, new episodes. Oh, it's the greatest thing, and. Um, yeah, we would go see the Star Trek movies, too. Um, remember, the one thing I remember from Undiscovered Country was a scene where McCoy looks up and says, guess who's coming to dinner when the Klingons are coming over. And that's that's the one thing I remember from that movie because I was so young. So I had some Star Trek movies, too, when I was young. Like, like people had Star Wars. I had that for Star Trek. So what keeps you um, involved in loving Star Trek? Gosh, these days, it's just, I love the universe. I'm okay, so I do enjoy the dystopian future. Oh, humanity collapsed or whatever, but I really like the utopian future look, uh, mm. future thing more. Like, I love that about Star Trek. Like, humanity can go on to be this amazing, cool thing being out there in the world. Humanity will always have its problems, as Deep Space Nine showed us. But, you know, I, I like looking to the future for hope. I kind of feel Star Trek is that. Yeah. And also, if maybe Star Wars could have been something like that, too, if I had a weekly TV series, you know, growing up. But, you know, Star Trek was that. And I like the when it gets philosophical, I think it's best. And um, go for it. Yeah, I was going to say I agree with that. And I think um, they did. I mean, Gene Roddenberry had this like amazing view of what the future would be like. And he really... I mean, I, I watched the original. I don't watch the original series now, um, if I can help it. But um, occasionally I'll see the original series and um, and I look at it. and I'm like, this is this is like kind of sexist and kind of okay. like women can't be captains. Right. So the, <laughs> and 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 Kirk and his like kissing every alien woman he encounters and. Yep. Um, you know, like there, there are major issues with it, but it was also really groundbreaking. You know, the first interracial kiss happened. Um, the first televised interracial kiss happened on Star Trek and, um, you know, Martin Luther King was behind it. And, um, you know, it's, we had, you know, I don't know, two, two people of color in the main cast. And I mean, that's not great, but it's more than other shows had. Or 1969. Hell yes. Yeah. And so, you know, 
watching it in the 80s and the next generation is is my star trek um you know and and seeing seeing you know dr crusher you know a female doctor um whose opinion was um not only respected but looked for and um you know we had wharf and laforge in roles um where they were respected and where they were unquestionably knowledgeable and unquestioned in their knowledge mm-hmm. and cisco um you know being this amazing um captain and i don't know like i felt like it kind of the diversity um especially with um with enterprise was kind of awful. Um, and some mm-hmm. of the sexism got worse. Like it was like the next generation was okay. And Deep space nine was pretty good. And I think Voyager did a pretty excellent job. And then it was like a sharp dive off a cliff into enterprise. Um, but, um, it's like this beautiful view of, um, of what we could maybe be. Yeah, absolutely. Like just seeing like, you know what? These people didn't question the fact that there were different races on the, on the Enterprise. It was like, you are who you are. You're awesome. That's right. cool. And I would really, really, really like to see that again. And I, I love that hope for the future. Like, yeah. we can we can be better than we, what we are now. And the, the belief, like, there's an episode of The Next Generation that I watched not too long ago. Maybe about a year ago. But, like, Deanna Troy is hearing music box music in her head and voices in her head. And she's really, like, really freaked out about it and really worried about it. And so she goes to Captain Picard and she's like, there's something wrong. Something is happening. It's not me. There's something external happening. And he's like, okay, let's figure this out. It's not like... It's it's not oh you've got a psychological issue here. They're just completely open to like okay this you say this is happening it's happening let's figure out what's going on. Right, it's not like you've got a case of the vapors. Right, wrong with you because you're a woman. Right, <laughs> hysteria. Um, yeah, uh, I know we all think that about next gen, but um, that's this great thing like that. Some of the episodes I don't know if they hold up anymore as much they as they don't. used to. Yeah, um, they don't. Yeah, I've been wa- I've been watching DS Nine. Deep Space Nine and uh, Voyager lately again. I'm like, gosh, we kind of uh, Deep Space Nine was amazing. I was way too young to be watching that and understand what was going on. It's like, pretty dark. It is, and there's so many dark themes. Like one of the best episodes is from season one or two, where Kira has to talk to this man who, um, like killed, like oh, was it killed her mother? Someone, this guy who was claiming to kill this Cardassian who had claimed to kill his, her mother or something like that. And this huge episode of her not wanting to investigate this huge, oh, oh I'm not doing it justice, but it, watching it as an adult versus watching it when I was 13, like that went way over my mm. head. And now I'm like, wow, some of this stuff was really deep. I mean, sure, it was, you know, it looks like cheesy 90s graphics and whatever like that. But, um, or corny dialogue. It's not bad, though. I mean, yeah, you have to take it for what it is. Like like the original series. But, like, wow, some of the stuff on Deep Space Nine was amazing. Or, um, Voyager, even people give Voyager so much crap. But, um, watching it again, like, you know, this is actually pretty darn good. I mean, sure, it has its stinkers here and there, but that's all this shows. Yeah. And really, I don't know. Maybe it's because of my my lens, you know, of someone born in the in the eighties looking back on the sixties, but like the original series is bad. I I'm sorry. I know I have very dear friends and it's their favorite of all of them, but I just I just watch the original series and I'm just like I remember texting my mom and being like did you know that the the sets were kind of crappy when, <laughs> when this was originally on the air? And she was like, Yes, Aline, it was all we had. It was okay. <laughs> I was just like, but it looks so bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I had to. I really, admittedly, until a few years ago, I had not seen all of the original series episodes. So what I would do is I would play a video game and put Netflix on on the other screen and just have it going. And that's how I consumed it. I think that's the best way to consume it. Might be because yeah, something where you you know how it's going to go. You you hear that exciting music happen. You look over for a minute and it's like, okay, yep. Plot point. Okay, cool. Back to my game. Mm -hmm. That's how you got to do it nowadays. Kind of gloss over the misogyny and right. Right. Yeah. Um, a final note on more modern treks. Um, one of my favorite games to play with my friend, um, Char, who has her own podcast on Voyager 
called um, To the Journey. Uh, I think it's a great show. You have to watch, listen to that. Um, but anyway, one of my favorite games to play with her is the Some Kind of Game. Okay. Where um, you don't notice it until you watch for it. Every episode, there's at least one instance, but there's usually five or six instances where someone says, um, Captain, that nebula is some kind of thing, or <laughs> there's some kind of interference coming from this, or this is some kind uh, okay. of power unit. And okay. I will text her while I'm watching an episode, basically live tweeting at her, like, yep, that's some kind of, some kind of, <laughs> some kind of. <laughs> so um, now that you know that, watch these shows and just okay. listen for it. It doesn't take anything away. You just kind of enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, so I wanted to ask you about the new series and whether you're excited about it or or kind of like me and a little bit more reserved about it. You're talking about the new, new television series the, yeah. or streaming series or whatever? Yeah, that's set for uh, t- early 2017, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm um, op- cautiously optimistic because we absolutely know nothing mm-hmm. at this point. This is true. That. It's more Star Trek. <laughs> That's what I'm excited about. Like it could be in a, in the um, new universe, or the Prime universe. But either way, I'll be happy. Like I know some people really, really don't like the new universe just because it is what it is. And I can see their complaints, but I'm just kind of happy to see new Star Trek. But um, yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the new series. Just don't know enough. Yeah, it's it is very vague at this point. Um, I'm, I really liked the first new Star Trek movie, but I hated Into Darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's a strong word to use, but I really, really kind of hated it. Like I watched it the first time and I was like, that was bad, but I was sick. Like I had a cold. So we went back, <laughs> we waited until the cold was resolved. We went back to the theater and we watched it again. I was like, no, no, I am not on board with this at all. I, I can hate it as much as you did but yeah um oh my god i i fell in love with i saw the first one nine times and it was good i thought it was good i loved it i got my wife into star trek with that because she heard um the french horns play at the very beginning like the screen is dark it plays french horns and that's when she went oh they're cheating (laughs) (laughs) but um loved it and then in the darkness comes out oh god i was so excited like yes yes and get in there like oh was watchable but i didn't have the same excitement as i had in the first one and yeah. like over time i've come to realize like that's because there was no real focus mm-hmm. like i hate admiral marcus i or whatever rank he was um do i hate Khan? like kind of just eh. well so my objections were one you know leading up to it we i i read over and over and over again like it's got benedict coverbatch in it he's gonna play a villain but it's not Khan. It's not con. It's not con. And then we get into the theater and it's like, con. And I was like, (laughs) you've got to be effing kidding me. And so I was like, I I thought we'd have this, this new, like big bad villain who, um, who like was new and unexpected and exciting. And they revived, I mean, a great villain, a smart, you know, conniving kind of dude, but it was so disappointing. And then just like the treatment of women in that movie was awful. We have oh, yeah. uh, Uhura who is like this multilingual um, xenobiologist, no, I'm not xenobiologist, xenolinguist extraordinaire. And uh, she gets in a fight with her, her boyfriend and is mad the whole movie. Yep. And oh. um, and then Carol Marcus is essentially useless, you know, and in, in the original series or the, the movies, you, she's like this amazing, smart biologist who does astounding huge things i'm trying not to spoil movies that are 30 years old but But, you know and 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 they have her in a scene in her underwear and i was like really yeah this is not star trek the way i look at it is like carol marcus originally um incredibly smart person who's also a woman now it's like a woman who just happens to be smart Mm mm-hmm like focuses more on the boobs than mm-hmm. her like, yeah, like yep. no in the darkness it has its other feelings for multiple reasons like like you said the treatment of women it's like oh my god yeah. <laughs> really guys so i'm hoping hoping beyond does something not that like yeah 
Into Darkness had no focus. Horrible treatment. Like, come on, this is the future. Yeah. We're awesome now. Come on. <laughs> but, you know, it, it won't be the same people doing it. I'm sure it will have different script writers. And I've been rallying for a new Star Trek series for a really long time. So <gasps> yes. I'm I'm super excited that it's happening because um like it really is one thing I really loved about Enterprise was that it speaking of polyamory, um, there is a race in Enterprise that is polyamorous. Like it's just accepted. Like the Denobulans. Yeah, the Denobulans. Every in Dr. Flox is one of like one of the only worthwhile characters in that series. Oh my god, I loved him. Yeah, I did too. Um he's kind of gross, but like <laughs> um but you know, every every person has three spouses. That is that is their culture and they're all fine. They're all happy. They like being an extended family units. And, um, I just, I think it's really cool. And I think that if they do it right, they can examine some of the things that we're facing in our, our society today, you know, just like they've always done, because to me, that's what Star Trek's always been about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another race that does the same thing, um, an enterprise that we didn't see much of. The Andorians. They're the same way. Are they? Yep. They're I my love favorite the Andorians. Star Trek race. Yeah, I know. So. Pink <laughs> but, um, skins. Yeah. They have different <laughs> they have different um mates and wives and relationships as well. It's like, oh, we could have seen so much more of that if Enterprise had lasted longer. Well if it had been better sooner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was getting good at the end, but then they cancelled it. Yeah, but brought back the space Nazis and <laughs> yeah, the, that oh gosh, all right, oh, that's to die. <laughs> the mini the mini sins of Star Trek, but still. Well, is there anything else you wanted to talk about today? Oh, but we could go on forever. We could go on forever about Star Trek. <laughs> this is a thing that could happen. Yeah, I was already like, oh, no, rain it in, Brie, rain it in. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, a good spot. We can talk more later. Okay, Sabriel. Um. Tell people how they can find you online. All right. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Sabriality. And since that is a really weird word to spell, you can just go to Sabriel.me. And that has links to all my socials. We'll also be in the show notes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, you can find the show on Twitter at less than or equal. If you have feedback, suggestions for guests, or would like to be a guest, please go to relay.fm slash LTOE and fill out the contact form. If you have a few minutes, it would be wonderful if you'd leave a review on iTunes or a star rating or phone a friend and tell them about the show. Thanks for listening. Until next time on an internet near you, I'm Aline Sims for less than or equal. Yay. I was waiting for the music Yay. in the ear. <laughs> no, that's all later. Really? I thought that was just like a tape recorder. You just put right next to the microphone. And like, click. I do. I hit the I hit the forward and reverse buttons at the same time. <laughs> and then it locks up and then tape goes everywhere and I have to get a pencil. <laughs> it's awful.